There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Uh, we are very excited because Voicemail is proudly supported by Raw Naturals, skincare for men. Now, Raw Naturals is a new, unique grooming line that helps men feel comfortable in their own skin. Yep, Raw Naturals, like us, is a brand that's passionate about mental health. So we are delighted to have them on board with the show. Their range of beard and skincare products are not only top class, but are also made with the environment in mind. And they work. That's true. So for 20% off their range of male grooming products, check out the link in our show description. You can also follow Raw Naturals on Instagram at Raw Naturals UK. Hello and welcome to Voicemail, the podcast where us two males listen to your voicemail messages and do our best to help. I'm your host, Jamie Lang, and alongside me every episode will be my good friend and co-host, Josh Roberts. Josh is a campaigner, activist, and mental health expert, and author of The Anxious Man. Opening up about our mental health is something that we all struggle with on a daily basis, men in particular. We hope that by discussing your experiences alongside our own struggles, people realise that they are not alone and find the confidence to ask for help if they need it. Hello, private parties, and also to any new listeners. Welcome to our lovely new podcast, Voice Mail. Back in March last year, Josh and I wanted to do something that would basically encourage people to open up about their mental health more. So we asked people to express how they were feeling via a voicemail. Now we're back again and we've been listening to your voicemails and doing our best to help. All the money that we raise by doing this podcast will be going to our Private Parts Mental Health Fundraiser, which we're really excited about. We're not experts. We're just two people passionate about opening up about our struggles um, as it's been an incredibly difficult time for everyone. Josh. Hello. Roberts. <laughs> How are you, buddy? Do you know what? I was thinking about this. I am exceedingly well. I mean, re- mate, I'm so well and I'm so excited not just to be doing this podcast, but I'm excited by life in general. I think it's oh been a... Oh my God, that's such good news. Don't you think? What, what is that? Tell me, what's that from? Listen, it's been a shit year. This yeah. time last year, I think no one saw this like absolutely torrid 12 months coming, but mm-hmm. I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. And I was just thinking about it this morning. We, I'm calling it the Roaring Twenties. It's going to be a decade-long kind of freshers week vibe with all the sort of debauchery that comes with it. So I'm really, really excited and really positive. That. Aren't you? Surely. Well, listen, for me, right, and you know this, so when the first lockdown, even though we're on the third one now, for the first lockdown when it happened, it was almost a blessing in disguise for me, as I said. I told you back then, is that because I had this complete burnout. I had this complete burnout, mm. didn't know what the hell was wrong. It's anxious, uh, feeling all over the place, feeling up, feeling down. And so going into the first lockdown, I was able to rest and relax, and I was okay about it. You know, the second lockdown that we had... I well, was fine. I was, you weren't locked I was, down, were you? you were, I was you not were, locked down. I was dancing. Dancing the little, cha-cha-cha. I had my little cha-cha-cha and my little salsa all the way to the Strictly final, baby. <laughs> um, so I had that going on. So kind of that was quite distracting and things like that. And then, do you know, we've walked, come into this third lockdown and I've been, I'm okay. I'm actually okay. But there have been times, 
I'm not good with things being repetitive. Mm. I'm not good with that. I need, I'm a tribal person. I like to be around people. I like to be sort of doing things all the time. I have that sort of impatience. So sitting at home during this sort of third lockdown has been, I don't know, it's been a little bit trickier. No, I completely agree. And the weather's been shit. And it's and been, the been shit. dark and cold and all the rest of it. But that was, mate, that was that's such a January way of thinking. We're in, you know, we're in February now why, and we're ready to go. Why is it? Because you always had, Josh, and you say this in, which is one of the episodes coming up, you talk about it, but you, you have a problem with like seeing bad press and news and news can get you down, right? Sometimes yeah, when yeah. it's sort of repetitively bad news. So for you, you're saying you're feeling good at the moment, which is so great. How do you sort of ignore the noise that everyone's hearing? So all these people at the moment who are listening, they're hearing so much negative stuff. How do you separate that? I mean, g- genuinely, the first in so your first thing to say is you're absolutely right. The research on this is like really, really conclusive. N- not only the more news you watch, not only are you more anxious about the contents of the news, like the virus or you know whatever it might be, mm-hmm. but actually you also feel more anxious and more worried about unrelated sort of things. So if you were worrying about your job, seeing a news story about the virus would sort of make you worry about your job even more Um, and so on and so forth. So yeah, actually watching the news, not only does it make you worry about the news itself, but it also sort of makes you worry about kind of unrelated third party things. So if you were worrying about your job or your weight or your relationship, watching the news actually kind of reinforces and makes those, those worries worse. And that was like 100% where I was in the first and even in the second lockdown, kind of obsessively refreshing the BBC News app and having those conversations with, I mean, particularly with my parents, I have to say, and sort of those of the older generation who are just kind of obsessed with talking about every detail of the virus and the vaccine and blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just so much more zen. I just, I genuinely don't even have it on my phone. And Did you uh, take it off? Did you delete it? No, I got rid of it. I got rid of- And how much did that help you? Oh, hugely. I mean, not only does I got, I got the notification this morning about screen time, you know, and it's pings you saying how much you've been yeah. on. I was pretty bad. I was at like four hours before. Wow. I'm above you. Is it? Yeah. But mate, that's because you're a social media star and influencer. You have to be on there <laughs> responding to fans. You're an author. You need to be doing, on that. Doing all your teeth whitening <laughs> adverts. You're on there the whole time. <laughs> Diet lollipops. <laughs> so anyway, what I mean is I just got to the stage with it where I realized I was getting nothing from it. Like it didn't make me feel happy. It didn't even give me, you know, comfort to know what was going on. So I've kind of buried my head in the sand and I don't think I'm going to do that forever. Fingers crossed. Once things sort of go back to normal, I can reintroduce it. But that's, I honestly, it just, it was like smoking for me. I just had to give it up, you know? And that, that was, that was your thing. So interesting for me, right, is, so on my screen time, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate, right? So if they're, if you're, if you've either been furloughed or you're, you're away from school, you're being homeschooled or whatever it is, we're spending a lot of time on our phones, right? Yeah, because yeah, that's, yeah. you know, there's only so much TV or stuff or walking around outside or exercise we can do. So I, I've been spending, you know, and I, and I, you know, I do a lot of stuff, but my screen time has gone up massively. And the problem with that, and I actually did an Instagram story about that, is that I'm constantly looking, mine is social media. So I'm constantly looking at what other people are doing and what other people are, what I think they are achieving and what they're doing. And I'm thinking, this person's doing more. I got to do more. I got to do more. So I'm comparing myself to so many people. Yeah. And that's the problem because we have so much time on our hands, you know, rather than be distracted by playing sport or meeting friends or going from job work to work or doing whatever, you're stuck at home comparing yourselves to individuals the whole time. And the issue with that is that I said this actually on a, 
I think I said this in the podcast at some point, but I honestly believe with like social media and the problem why we've had this rise in mental health due to social media is because we compare ourselves to all these people and what we're meant to have is a USP unique selling point. So something that makes us ourselves, right? Mm. And the problem is, is that when we go onto Instagram and we're known as the funniest or the best dressed or the, or the one who loves the music most or the hardest worker or the person who does cryptocurrency, whatever it is. You then go on to social media and you see all the people who are achieving more than you or you're perceiving that they're achieving more than you. And then you feel like you lose your sense of self. You lose your sense of USP that makes you you. And I think for me, that's my problem that I have a lot of the time is that I'm comparing myself to these people. But in fact, we shouldn't care about what other people are doing. Do you know, that's so interesting. And I would love to drill into it a little bit because my relationship with the social media kind of influencery bit or the bit where people are posting about how brilliant their lives with are mm. rather i feel like i've had a step change in that and my tolerance for it is just so so much lower than it used to be yeah. so at christmas for example when you know you had all these folks heading off to dubai for their holidays and posting pictures yeah. of them poolside and stuff like that rather than feeling jealous it kind of made me feel angry and actually it's a different emotion it's a good switch it's a good it is a good switch because you stop caring about it if you you know i was just like why why aren't you following the rules like everyone else is following the rules mm. so it's kind of helpful the other thing that i think is really interesting though jamie is like you said there that you're on social media comparing yourself to other people right yeah and if we're if i'm speaking completely plainly i think there's loads of people who would go on your instagram and go oh my god he's just got the most brilliant you know fun life and this and that so it's really interesting that it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't you know constantly comparing you're, you're always and, and- comparing yourself to other people yeah, and it's a real issue that for me is what I've realized that I have to stop doing. Um, I, I stopped, f- I think this is a good thing for people who, uh, you know, there are lots of different reasons why people are feeling down and things in this whole period. And, you know, and that's why I want to repeat the fact, you know, the reason why, the reason why we are, we are doing this whole podcast is because we've learned that a lot of people, um, are stuck inside their heads and they're not being open and honest about the way they are particularly men, mm. as we both know, we, you know, we still know that the biggest killer under 45 is male, two thirds of suicides are male. Um, and it's so important. The, 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 the best form of recovery or the beginning form of recovery, and Josh, you can correct me on this, is actually starting to talk about it, oh to God, speak yeah. to people about it. You know, we can talk about like, you know, antidepressants and medications and exercise, all the different things. But actually the initial thing to start doing is start talking about it. So the reason why we're doing this is because we've both been through our deep struggles and our different situations that we'll get into in the podcast. But um, I, so, but for me, I, what I did on social media, if there's anyone who struggles with social media is that I stopped following anyone that I didn't know. So I stopped following, you know, celebrities and stuff like that, that I didn't know because it was, I didn't know them. So what was the point of following them? Mm. So I did that. And I'm trying to, my biggest problem is, and I've done it through my entire life. If someone was better at sport than me, I was a bit, I was like, why are they better than me? If someone, you know, had a girlfriend and I didn't, I was a bit annoyed. I've always compared myself to others, which is a real problem. And now I'm trying to realize that actually what I am achieving is perfectly fine and perfectly good. And I shouldn't, should forget about the noise. Forget about it. Who cares? Well, so (laughs) I have it in a sort of much smaller way, but so I had a book come out last year and if you want a way of kind of being able to constantly monitor your success and your performance, (laughs) having a book sitting on Amazon and the Amazon ranking system is about as kind of acute a problem as you can possibly have. Um, And I'd say it's taken me probably about four or five months to get to a stage where I'm not checking it 
daily. I don't want to, you know, it's not cool to admit that, but pretty much daily. And I, every time we, we get the papers, you know, we get the weekend papers or whatever. And I'll say to my girlfriend, I'd be like, oh, they were, uh, you know, reviewing the top 10 books in the week. I wonder if my book will be reviewed this week. And my girlfriend will just say, probably not, babe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly to all of you listeners um, I've known Josh for a while and I finally read his book and I read it when I was feeling a, a little bit funky. I was just like, oh, I just wasn't feeling quite right. And this was back in sort of the, in the first lockdown. I read his book and it was like a light had opened up. It was like someone was reading my own mind. I'm wow. not even kidding. I've told you that before. It was honestly, and it's so funny and articulate and all these different things. And this is the important thing about I this one. digging for compliments, by the way. No, but I, I but you, but you, <laughs> hey, so compliment where, where it's deserved, right? It's, it's so true. But also, this is the, again, about this podcast is that there's a lot of time when we speak about mental health and struggles and whatever we're doing. And it's quite a, people feel it's a bit of a downer, right? And mm. of course, it's a very important thing, but we want to try and add a little light touch to it and say that, hey, listen, we're all got our issues. And you and I particularly have been through some hellish things and we just want to be open about it and be and almost do it in sort of a fun way um but i would say about comparing yourself and to everyone who at home you're sort of comparing yourselves either you're comparing yourself to other mothers or other fathers or to other people at work really honestly forget about the noise the fact josh that you wrote a book and the fact that one person bought it that's a success right there doesn't matter if one person listens to listens to this podcast or a hundred people listen to it you're helping one more person and that's actually what matters we all want to have this viral hit we all want to sell a million or do this straight away and that happens in life and actually don't worry about doing that just understand that it takes time to do these different things i'm going to say that next time the publisher emails me <laughs> i'd be like but jamie said it's fine if we only sell one <laughs> Uh, listen i want to um before we dive into to everything and we're both really excited about this podcast aren't we josh i mean i can't wait i I just like you said the the only benefit of mental health versus physical health is that with physical health say if you've broken your arm talking about having broken your arm is not going to help it fix it any any better with mental health it absolutely is it's the it's the most important, most profound step that anyone takes in the process of getting better, and so to be doing something around this area is just really, uh, yeah, I'm really really excited. I'm really excited about it. I just want to remind everyone the format. So each episode, Josh and I are going to play three voicemails and then speak about them. We're going to try and direct each episode to a certain topic. What we want to do. This one's a bit. Um, you know, different things, but whether it's insomnia, depression, anxiety, OCD, um, panic attacks, whatever it may be, we're going to truly try and get it to it. And also we're going to be as open and honest as we possibly can. And hopefully we help all of you people out there who um, are struggling, who are being silent about it and give you the confidence to open up about it. Doesn't matter how old, what gender, whoever you are, we're here to listen to you guys and also to give you sort of hopefully the confidence to speak out. Right. Our first episode of voicemail. Here we go. Josh, are you ready to dive in? I cannot wait. Let's do it. All right. Let's listen to our voicemails. Hi, Jamie and Josh. Um, Just wanted to ask your advice about um, something. Was wondering what you do, what the first steps are to seek some help for someone who might be suffering with depression. Because I think my boyfriend is going through something. I'm not really quite sure how to start or what to do. So, any advice you've got would be amazing. Thank you so much. You want to kick this off, Josh? Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, the first thing to say is that's incredible that she spotted it. I think the the biggest, like we were almost just chatting about a little bit there, um, 
how outwardly you can kind of seem fine when you have one of these problems. So, so much of mental health exists, exists, excuse me, below the surface. And mm. so it's quite a tricky, tricky thing as a friend or a family member to spot it. Um, so the first thing to say is I think it's really, really cool that she's spotted it. Man, depression. I mean, I don't know if you've ever experienced something like this, but, um, I've had, I mean, anxiety is my kind of pr- pr- primary, yeah. primary yeah, yeah. jam. Um, <laughs> anxiety is your, 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 your best dance move, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My, my MO. But, um, I've had kind of two major depressive phases across the last four years. And it is without doubt, I, I found it to be the scariest. Um, I think because whereas with, anxiety anxiety for me is a kind of like maybe you'd agree a kind of frenzied frenetic hot kind of busy state of mind which is like unnerving but there is at least some energy behind the way that you're feeling with depression as i've experienced it at least it's the complete opposite of that it's just like absolute apathy nothingness um no appetite to get out of bed no appetite to do the things that you know usually make you better so it's really, really, really miserable. It's also extremely common. It's the second most common uh, mental health problem after Is anxiety. It? Yeah, I actually was surprised by that because I thought, you know, depression, probably because it's been more talked about through history. You hear it more. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe it would be the the leading one. But there's, uh, it's like 260 million people around the world who, who struggle with it. Um, in the UK, it's about 3% of people and it tends to affect... Uh, women slightly more than it does men or at least that's the statistics that we have you know i guess you don't know mm. if people are, are unreporting i think um yeah so it's uh it's really really tricky it's something that i get asked an, an awful lot i guess what would you suggest jay like well if, it, if, it, like, what were you you mentioned that your girlfriend was helpful helping you out yeah i i think firstly it's it's so from my experiences of it i'm the same as you i uh, you know um what I've had is anxiety again is my jam. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. the one that I'm like, oh baby, here you go, here it is. I know <laughs> where you are, and it knocks on the door, and I go, hey, welcome in, and it kind of it, I, I greet it with open arms because I understand exactly what it is. Yeah. When it comes to something like depression, when I had when I had my first panic attack when I was in my early twenties, and I didn't really know what it was, um, I experienced. I was depressed for a period then because I didn't understand what I was feeling. And because I was feeling a certain way, feeling so anxious, so upset, that made me feel depressed. But my depression became in, I just felt incredibly sad. I wasn't unmotivated. Um, I I did not want to get out of bed in the morning. I was just really sad and miserable about the way i was feeling and and mm. i heard someone describe it once um and he's a sort of ted talker and he he spoke on another podcast and his name is harry i think it's um i can't i'll find out his name mm. his, his his name i can't remember his name but anyway he talked about it he says how he describes it he's got it saying it's like pain leaking out of you and it kind of is that way it's this un deniable sort of pain it's it's like i'm going back to my boarding school again and it was something like something bad had happened and i was feeling that and it was horrible and then the sort of second time i experienced it was the most this most recent time mm. where i felt incredibly just low and sad and i didn't know what was wrong with me and going from someone who was upbeat and excitable and things like that it was it was pretty tricky and my girlfriend had to deal with it and she had to stand there and she helped me through it and i think the biggest thing in the world was at the beginning i didn't want to tell anyone I didn't want because I thought it made me weak. I thought it made me different to everyone else. I I thought it made me vulnerable. I thought if I spoke about it, it became more real. I just wanted like a cold. I wanted it to go away. Mm. And also I thought if I told my girlfriend or 
especially my girlfriend, uh, that she would do a runner, that she would run away because it was too much to handle with and she wouldn't understand it. And how wrong was I? And actually, when you start speaking about it, it actually helps so much more. And going to our voicemail when, you know, she talks about it, it's, you know, spotting it, like you said, is one of the biggest things in the world when you actually spot something like that. When people start to become introverted or they spend a lot of time in their room gaming or they they don't really go and see their friends as much or they shy away from things that they used to love, they are sort of slightly start telling signs that something is wrong. And I think the biggest thing to do is to start asking yeah, and yeah. be open and honest and say to your friend or your boyfriend or your mother or your father or whoever it is, ask them, are they okay? Because you are worried about them. I've done it to one of my friends. One of my friends, I, I was concerned about him. I spoke to his girlfriend, his girlfriend, and confirmed that he hadn't been feeling that great. I then spoke to him and then I put him in touch with a therapist that I knew. Mm. And he's so much better now. And it was because no one, you feel so trapped and you feel so isolated from everyone else. It becomes scary. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I think that point that you, you just made there where, you know, you ask the question, uh, listen to the answer and then help the person to get help. Yeah. That, that's, that's the whole game. I mean, people really worry when it comes to helping their friends with, you know, problems like this. And I can understand why, because on the one hand, you know, you want to say stuff that will help and make them better, but you know that there's a danger of getting it wrong, saying the wrong thing and actually ending up making it worse. And in particularly in Britain, where we're all quite kind of like buttoned up and, you know, no sex, please, we're English. Um, you know, you don't ask the question. I think ask the question, as you said, help people to find help rather than feeling that you have to be, you know, a cognitive behavioral therapist or you have to be an expert on depression or bipolar or whatever it is. And there's incredible advice, not just the NHS, but, you know, charities like Mind and Calm, mm, particularly exactly. targeting blokes. One thing that I, um, I oh, here we think, go, campaigner. Uh, yeah. okay, here we go, buddy. This, this definitely fits into my campaigner bracket. <laughs> okay. No, I would say though, particularly for men, right? And like you mm. mentioned, we do have a very specific challenge with blokes not wanting to fess up to having these problems, not wanting to admit that they've got an issue. There's something about getting someone to see a doctor, someone in a white coat. For some reason, it appeals to the male psyche of like we love authority and stuff so i find that if i recommend mates to go and see a therapist they'll often be a bit kind of really you know sitting on a chaise long you know telling people how i feel yes. sounds kind of a bit bullshitty whereas sending them to see a doctor and then the doctor tells them to go and see a therapist it tends to work quite well so yes. i would say to the, the the caller you know if if your boyfriend is maybe a bit resistant to the idea of getting help get them to see a doctor first um, and then, you know, that, that not only does it kickstart the NHS process of getting help, um, but it also, you know, is quite a good way to get someone to like accept advice and then just be a good mate. Like you said, text people, call people yeah, nowadays, you in. know, now uh, we're allowed to go and do exercise in a park with one person, make that person, the person that you're worried about. I totally agree with you. I totally agree on all those things. But also I think, you know, I think the other side of it is that, you know, if it's someone who is... I was one of these people where I was like, right, I feel anxious or I feel a certain way. I'll, I'll go and see a therapist. There'll be the answer. Bish, bang, bosh. I'm good. It's like a magic wand. Get away with me. And boy, oh boy, that's not the case. It takes a little bit of a time to kind of figure out what is going on. And very much like a broken leg. Once you break a leg, you can't go running on it for two, three, four months afterwards. It takes time to heal. So if you start to go and see a therapist or a doctor or you start speaking about it to your friends or family and you feel like you're not getting better 
it takes a little bit of time and it's not a quick it's not a quick fix and the problem is we live in this society now where we're so used to instant relief take a drink you get drunk take a pill you can get high get entertained by watching youtube and actually when it comes to mental health unfortunately it's not a quick fix sometimes Mm. it takes a little bit longer but if you hang in there it will work you know what i mean 100 percent. and the final thing actually that i would say specifically to this caller if -hmm. you're if you're a friend or a family member or someone's trying to support someone else it's really important to also take care of yourself because and i know this just like from the interactions that like I've had. being on a plane like being on a plane put your life jacket on first <laughs> fix put your like yeah and fix your That's mask it. before helping those around you <laughs> fuck do you remember airplanes wow. <laughs> i might actually have to listen to the safety briefing next time so i've forgotten how it all works <laughs> yeah what were you saying josh um but yeah look after yourself so you know when if you're sharing a bed with someone who's an insomniac it, it it's pretty miserable um so you know take the time to i don't know find some time to nap in the day or do, do you see what i mean like it's important to look after yourself and then to to look after other people because you were that insomniac for a bit weren't you mate i'm back at it i've got to tell you like are you really yeah i'm not and i'm not the only one loads of people have been struggling in in lockdown for a dreams number of, or not sleeping no not sleeping and so um, I, I, and there's some stuff like we, we actually had a conversation this morning about, uh, reinstating the sleep hygiene stuff about no phones before bed mm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I've been really struggling with the sleep thing. And, and then lots, really? of, lots of people have been actually. Yeah. Lots and lots of, people. I've been speaking to my friend, a guy called Jim, actually, I was talking to him this morning. Um, he, he's been struggling with sleep and everyone has frantic dreams all over the place. That's sort of, yeah. And, and so I think, but also once again, with that sleep issue, you, you know, you've been there before and so you know, you can get through it. Right. And so that's the kind of main kind of sort of thing within you, you go, okay, I can get through this. Yes. I, yeah. It's just, you, I have you to, sit there looking worried. No, <laughs> no, I know that I will. It's just, I know that I probably have to give up playing FIFA until midnight and I'm slightly, slightly <laughs> reticent to do that. <laughs> right. Should we listen to our next voicemail? Yeah, let's do it. Hi chaps. Uh, I've been suffering from panic attacks recently. Uh, have you got any advice on the best way to cope with them? Thank you. Panic attacks. This is 101. This is straight mm-hmm. down the fairway stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Panic attacks. Yeah. So, um, this has been my meat and drink for like, well, actually not so much for the last year or year and a half, but I've had hundreds of panic attacks and actually I had them even, even before I had proper anxiety disorder. I hate Did flying. You really? Did you but, really? Well, I hate flying and I mean, I'm a complete bedwetter on aeroplanes. And so I've, you know, and I've had God knows, I mean, I may, I've, 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 I was once flying back from Glasgow airport and got them to turn the plane around. No, you didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I had, you didn't. I had. Oh my! I did an God. extra night in Ibiza once because I refused to get on the plane to come home. Yeah, yeah. After yeah, our, like yeah. our A level kind of blowout in post A level blowout in Ibiza. <laughs> so panic attacks and I are old friends. The thing that I would always say is, and again for me, my experience of them is that they're both intensely physical things. So it's like crazy heart rate you know, um, short breath, eyes dilated, sweaty skin, all the kind of normal Mm. kind of symptoms of nervousness, but elevated to a kind of real ear splitting volume. And then the, the sort of mental thing for me, and it's different for different people, but for for me, it's like an imminent terror that at some point, all of these physical symptoms are going to become too much. And, you know, my, I'm going to have a heart attack or something. And the symptoms of you know, panic attacks and heart attacks are incredibly similar. That's why they're scary. Um, the good news is 
panic attacks aren't dangerous. So um, no one, I double checked this this morning. No one Just has yet, sure. <laughs> no one has yet died of a panic attack. So they're scary. And actually now, cause I'm such a veteran, I find them to be more boring than anything else. <laughs> cause I know it's going to be, you know, half an hour of, um, you know, either being terrified or kind of recovering from it, but they always pass. That's the, the first, like number one thing to remember is, um, they're not dangerous. They always pass and often you can fix it just by breathing. And yeah. I mean, you, you've had panic attacks. I'm, you know, we've yeah, chatted around, it's, so. it's, in, it's in, interesting about the breath. So supposedly we are meant to take something like 35 to 40,000 breaths a day. That's what we're meant to do. We're meant to do 35 to 40,000 breaths a day. And actually what we're currently doing is around on average about 15 to 20,000. So we're kind of sort of all sort of slightly hyperventilating a little bit in terms of what we should be doing because we're not breathing as much. And yeah, like you and probably like a huge amount of people and like this gentleman who gave us the voicemail, my first kind of experience with any sort of mental health or, or, or anything was a panic attack. I... I had no, I didn't have panic attacks before. Um, I didn't have, I think probably I felt socially anxious at times. I probably had insecurities and things like that, but nothing too major. And as I said in, uh, another podcast and a couple other podcasts, I was 23 years old. I just sort of started made in Chelsea. I was kind of going out quite a lot and I, was had a sort of party the night before that night i was watching the voice and suddenly i felt like i was having a heart attack the only way to describe is i thought i was having a heart attack and i thought i was having a heart attack for about an hour oh my god i couldn't okay my eyes were going blurry i couldn't really see much i was sort of almost felt like i was fainting i took myself to hospital the doctor said you're having a panic attack i said what's that he said, you're, you're panicking. Do you know the flight or fight? And I went, no. He said, imagine the saber-toothed tiger's after you. Are you going to fight it or run away from it? And I went, well, there's no saber-toothed tiger. And he said, exactly. You're imagining this fear. And I went, oh, my God, okay, well, how do I get rid of it? He said, you just got to calm down and breathe. And I went home, and it didn't really go away. And then for the next six months, I felt panicky. I felt fear. I felt, I felt like I was living in a constant fear. That's the only way I can describe it. I mm-hmm. felt like I was always in constant fear and I felt that I was going to panic at any moment. I felt like if I was going to go and see my friends, I'd panic. If I'd going to go, I was going to the gym, I'd panic. And I didn't want to do that because it was embarrassing. And I remember standing in the shower, um, I was standing in the shower and I was, and I gripped my hand and I said, what's wrong with you, Jamie? And that made me cry. I became incredibly upset because I didn't know what it was. And at that point I said, right, I've got to go and talk to someone. And that was about six months then. And I went and spoke to my mum. Uh, my mum sent me to the doctor and then the doctor sent me to a therapist and that actually started to help. I managed to handle panic attacks after that. I knew when I was reaching the point of a panic attack, I could sort of bring it down again. And the way I brought it down, I'm one of the lucky ones that I kind of rationalized it in, in my head. I went, okay, I know what this is. Breathe through it. You can get through it. A lot of the time, and this is the worst advice in the world, I used to go and drink through it. So if I felt very anxious, I'd go and have a drink and that would kill it for the moment. But then the next day, it would come back double as worse. Mm. Um, And it was just these sort of anxiety attacks. My sort of thinking behind these things is that the best way to kind of 
deal with sort of panic attacks and anxiety and things like that is exercise is really key i think for me once because what it is is adrenaline it's that course of adrenaline running through you and if you go and exercise you kind of get it gets rid of that adrenaline again going speaking about it going talking to someone whether it's a cbt therapist cognitive therapy um speaking to someone to someone else about it so there's those ways and if it's also really serious and they actually are are becoming too much to handle you can have some sort of antidepressants and uh, mm. antidepressants have these huge stigma against them because oh my god the antidepressant you take a pill but actually they do wonders for a lot of people around this world and they can calm your whole system down and teach you to kind of get through it so there are lots of skills and tips and ways you can get through it but holy shit Josh it is not fun while it's lasting I'll tell you that for <laughs> sure the amount of flights I've been on where I'm going like oh my god here he is and then you start to panic on those flights that's the worst because you're stuck in like a cage wait 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 so you have you fear of flying as well no i think it was more the fact i didn't have the fear of flying for some reason i was normally hung over on a flight and if i was hung over on a flight <laughs> i would then get the anxiety and then being on a flight knowing in my head that i couldn't get off the flight being trapped on a metal cylinder in the air yeah, yeah. that's what would bring the sort of anxiety attack to the surface and for the whole flight i'd be freaking out i'd have to go back and forward to the loo all the time like this i remember i took an ethiopian flight once and i was with my friend i was having such bad anxiety getting on it i was like oh my god we're going on a 12-hour flight and it was like a connecting flight somewhere it was ethiopian airways and i got on the flight and i went okay i'll just i'll just watch tv and i went to the back of my seat as i sat down there were no tvs i went oh my god i looked up there was no tv there and i was like oh my god there's no there's no entertainment on this flight wait 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 wait. the fact that you were flying in economy class gave you a panic attack (laughs) (laughs) is that what we're getting to here no it wasn't the fact that it was economy it was just the fact they had no entertainment on the flight and then the 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 air steward air stewardess came down with the trolley and i said can i get a um can i get a can i get a couple of beers just to kind of settle my nerves he said sorry we don't serve alcohol on the flight so for 12 hours i was in a state of constant panic because i was stuck oh it was terrible but as you said our advice the advice i would give is that firstly they can't kill you secondly you will get past them they're really not fun to deal with and they're horrible but thirdly, there are ways to deal with it meditation exercise therapy antidepressants lots of different ways to get through it and i know huge amounts of people who have gone through it and suffered with it definitely yeah i'd say the same thing um lots of friends colleagues whatever who have had periods of their lives where they've struggled massively with panic attacks and then haven't had them for yonks and yonks afterwards but as you exactly. say you, you have to do the work as well you've got to do the work right should we listen to our third voicemail yeah man yeah i suppose like a lot of people um I suppose like a lot of people, I'm experiencing higher levels of anxiety than normal, um, but I think that's kind of due to not having things to look forward to. The things that usually, you know, keep me mentally sane, like holidays and the sense of, you know, travelling just even to the coast or places in Britain at a weekend kind of give me something to look forward to and um, kind of keep away any kind of creeping anxieties. Um, but that kind of stuff isn't really available to us. Um, isn't really available to us at the moment so I kind of feel more of an anxiety and things like you know just even simple things like meeting friends at the pub um, because you don't have those simple things to look forward to I suppose sometimes there's a creeping sense of anxiety kind of comes over you but yeah I suppose you've just got to find new things to look forward to so that's how I'm kind of managing it Um, be interested to see how you guys feel um, 
Can I just quickly before you jump in here, Josh? It's so funny how 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 men, how guys talk about things. Because what, <laughs> what 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 we always do is the same thing. We'll talk about the fact that we're feeling anxious, but we'll always go. But don't worry, because there'll be a way. You know, we always try and find an excuse. We've probably got to go and you know just think about something better. We always try and make excuses rather than just accepting that this is the way we're feeling. Right? I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you, and I completely agree with the um, the caller actually. Yeah, because totally. It's um the one of what's so tricky about the the sort of current setup is not only do we have loads of stuff to worry about Mm -hmm. i mean i'm not just talking about like getting the virus or someone else getting the virus but also like the the economic forecasts and stuff are pretty doom and gloomy at the the minute so like loads more stuff to worry about and at the same time lots of the stuff that helps you to worry less has been taken away so we Mm. can't go and see our mates we can't you know go to the pub or we can't you know play five aside or whatever it is so it is a bit of a perfect storm. That said, I think there is stuff that you can do, particularly now. I mean, the exercise thing, like you mentioned, thankfully, in the UK, at least, they never banned completely doing outdoor mm. exercise, which is massive. Um, do you, have you been doing it every day? I've been trying to do it most days. I've been trying to go on a run most days because um, I worked out very when I had my depersonalization stage, just sort of 20 Love how we talk about these stages. Like when I had my, my, it's like getting a rosette. <laughs> when I had my depersonalization stage, um, which was very terrifying and horrible. I, I, I hadn't exercised in seven years or no longer. It's yeah. Seven years since leaving university. Um, and I, so I went for a spin class and after the spin class, I was like, Oh my God, I feel back to normal. I was like, what? This is what everyone yeah. feels like normally. And so I've kind of kept up a sort of constant, constant exercise regime since then i think so i do so i haven't been doing it every day but i mean trying to run as you know three times a week at least yeah for sure well actually that's what the data tells you that all of the research suggests if you at minimum three times a week 30 minutes ago and things like yeah running swimming cycling repetitive aerobic exercise is the best mm-hmm. but i'm curious so because i'm the same uh running as the one that's tended to work best for me but I do struggle to do to do it like three days on the bounce. Do you not get so bored of it? Yeah, I do get bored of it. But actually, what I really like, firstly, I enjoy the fitness. I enjoy the challenge. Um, at being outside is pretty nice because I whack on a podcast and I kind of just listen to it. So if you, you want to listen to voicemail. One of your own. I listen to all of my podcasts that I've done back to back. And I just go, God, Jamie, you are just great. I do that. And I just really revel and sort of dwell in my own success um, no but i do i listen to podcasts i think it's a great way to do it and actually being outside there's lots of there's lots of kind of facts that suggest that being in nature actually mm-hmm. helps a lot of um stresses and anxieties and things like that but i think also so many people are experiencing that same problem at the moment Loads of people who have been furloughed um are worried about their work and their situation their financial situation at the moment people normally like this gentleman said we have something to look forward to so normally we're looking forward to a holiday or someone's birthday or seeing friends in the pub or a football match or i don't know getting your hair done so we have things to look forward to and at the moment we have nothing to look forward to so how do we change that in our minds how do we suddenly go okay we don't need external things to make ourselves happy actually just being internally happy is what you kind of want right that's what you want to do and i think it's about doing the simple things 
and actually there was an amazing there was an amazing documentary which I've spoken about again on another podcast called um, Touching the Void which is about two people who climbed K2 and true story of the, they were together one night on a, on a ridge and they woke up and his friend had fallen off the side of this cliff and they were attached by a piece of rope he was screaming to him he couldn't hear him so he cut the rope and the guy fell to his death or so he thought he climbed down k2 he stayed down at the bottom for about six days and the guy who had fallen hadn't died he had broken his leg his spleen all these different things and he crawled his way to safety frostbite everything and the only way he got through it was he looked at stages so he said right if i can drag myself to that next rock i'll be okay if i can get to that next bit of ledge i'll be okay same in the sas when they do their sort of hell week or whatever it is where they're put in stress positions and torment and all these different things if you think about the end goal if you think about you know it's going to be 12 hours from now then your brain can't handle it but if you do it step by step it's okay so i think what people need to do in this certain situation this generally needs to do, do is actually try and live more in the present and not think about when is the next thing going to be fun but actually go okay if i can go and do some coloring in now that's fine go and hit a golf ball against a wall go and you know do the little things at that moment i think that really helps go on a run don't yeah, yeah. think about about the the destination the end thing think about the right now much more learn to cook do all those kind of stuff do things that you haven't done before i think that really helps the anxiety i completely agree so the challenge is yeah as you say to try to focus on today and tomorrow rather than on yeah six months ahead and, and yeah. not least not least because i mean you've got almost no influence you know as we as individuals have almost no influence over what happens economically in the next six months totally right yeah so so getting all het up about it is is only going to it's not going to solve the problem in fact it'll make the problem worse and and also with anxiety just like anxiety is like anxiety is imagining something bad like imagining the worst right that's what anxiety is it's imagining the unimaginable not the unimaginable but imagining something bad is going to happen that's why i have anxiety because we're going oh no what's going to happen when is this going to end all those different things so actually and i know it's freaking hard it's it's basically like me just saying hey why don't you go and skydive it'd be super easy um it's tricky to kind of manage that but if you can manage it then it then you it sort of it helps that anxiety come down right yeah yeah and also apps uh, there are some really good apps to help people kind of be a bit more and this is like sounds wishy-washy and bullshitty but mindfulness you know that idea of trying to like inhibit your body and feel like you're inhibiting a, a moment rather than you know, worrying about the future and stuff so apps like headspace and the calm app and things like that guided meditation can be really really powerful also for sort of centering your yourself in a in a specific moment and just got caveat that to any blokes listening who think that sounds like complete hippy dippy <laughs> like prayer circle flower power bullshit uh, i promise it's a real thing yeah it's i've tried to meditate so many times and i said right this is the week where i start meditating i actually try to start meditating this week and i do it for about two days and then i get to my third day and i forget to meditate but actually it does help it does work if you just spend 10 minutes of your day just sitting there using one of those apps like headspace or whatever it is it freaking works it helps Mate, like it calming works. your breath down it works doesn't it it does work but also guys we're just so impatient we're, we're kind of it's a massive generalization but we are impatient creatures we want things to be fixed now and actually sitting there listening to some bloke or some lady speak to us telling us to breathe carefully we're a bit like well this is a bit of a pile of shit but actually if you give it a go and you just be a bit patient with it it really does help and even though you feel a bit of a plonker 
it does work a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree. And it, it's just one of those things you have to do it a few for for about a week or so, I think, before you st- a start getting good at it, and then also start to notice the effects of it. Well, they say it takes sixty six days for something to become a habit. So where basically, you, where are you getting all these facts from, dude? Hey, are listen, you, man, these aren't from my what, book. Where, what, have no, you been reading is, other books? What's going on here? <laughs> sorry, I've been reading other books apart from your one. I'm so sorry. Outrageous. But but uh, no, just because I wanted to impress you. You're, listen, you're you're the author. You're the campaigner. You're the writer here. I just I just tag along for the ride and just come up with a couple of points along the way. Um, hey, buddy, listen. Those were all three of our voicemails. What do you think? I thought they were really brilliant voicemails and so cool to have two blokes sending us voicemails as well because as like the whole point of the podcast as you know is to try to get men to speak more openly and honestly about the way they're feeling so yeah Yeah. really exciting and really interesting i thought well there you have it that is the end of the first episode of voicemail don't know why i said it It sounded so morbid at the end i'm sorry about that creepy yeah (laughs) sorry i thought i was actually quite sad that we just finished i was really enjoying that is really enjoying it i apologize i thought we were fantastic i <laughs> thought we were absolutely magnificent <laughs> listen i think you know I, i'm just going to say it again it's it's hopefully this really gets people speaking out and having the conversation and all these different things honestly to every single person we have to choose this we have to remember that we're not experts at all josh is far more of an expert than i you know josh if you've studied you know give a little insight just at the end of how much you studied you know because of your book and things like that yeah, so the research process for the book was long and difficult. Not difficult, enjoyable, but I've yeah, obviously spent a couple of years really studying everything from you know insomnia through to OCD and compulsive behaviours and other sorts of things like that. Mm. But as you say, we are not doctors. No, we're definitely yes. not. We are, yes, yes, we're definitely not doctors. Yes. <laughs> also, if you like this episode, you can go back to listen to our pilot episode, which we released in April, where we answered more voicemails. We're really exciting because we're going to be releasing a new episode every single Sunday. Um, so on your Sunday night, especially when you're feeling those Sunday blues like we all feel, you can click onto this podcast and you can have a listen. So get ready for that every single Sunday for the next weeks. All of the money that we raise by doing this podcast, we're going to be giving to our Private Parts Mental Health Fundraiser, which is an amazing cause. We're trying to raise as much money as we can. So if there is a charity, a community who has supported you and your mental health through this difficult time, who you really think deserves the recognition, we want to help them. So please head to the Instagram page, uh, which is at Private Podcast, or our website, which is Private Parts, to enter our competition. Great course, right, Josh? I love it. I absolutely love it. It's going to be amazing. Until next Sunday, Josh, I'll speak to you then. Farewell. Farewell, listeners. Bye-bye.